Welcome in this lecture, Intelligent Control. In this first lecture, we will talk about model reference adaptive systems. But before we do that, we first give an overview of the contents of this course. We start with an introduction and discuss optimal control, robust control and intelligent control. We will talk a little bit about fuzzy control, then go to adaptive control and learning control. Well, in general, controllers with fixed parameters may be less robust and processes change. Of course, a feedback control system has been designed in order to have the uh, behavior of the process independent of changes in process and changes in disturbances. But if these disturbances are very large, the robustness, stability of the process may be in danger. And as always, something that you have to consider, make the system very robust against disturbances or give it a good performance, make an optimal system. If the performance is better, often the robustness is weaker and the other way around. In order to deal with varying parameters in a process, you could also change your controller if the process changes. And you can do that by examining the external influences which change the process parameters. And if you can measure this disturbance, you could use a gain scheduling mechanism to change the controller parameters. Another solution, which is more or less similar, is that you consider a number of discrete modes of operation and design a controller for each mode of operation. And the controller is chosen by the information about this mode of operation from the environment. Well, if we go one step further, we talk about adaptive control. And adaptive control means that you get information about a process and have a kind of automatic mechanism which adjusts the controller parameters without explicit knowledge of disturbances and changing environments. And in this sense, we also use Identification mechanisms, well, in general, adaptation is not the same as identification, although when you do identification on a process, you can use the identification results to adapt the process. And learning is also related, but in general, learning is used for the more complex uh, adaptation mechanisms. If we want to design a good controller for a process, we need a model that's good enough. And if we want to design an optimal controller, we indeed require the model to be very good, very accurate, because then we can achieve optimal performance for that particular process. But often the model isn't good enough. If we make a new system from scratch, maybe we miss knowledge in the design phase and we have to design a controller for a process based on a model which describes the behavior as it is expected to be. And also the process behavior may change during operation. And as I said, the robustness issue means that you always have to weight the risk for instability. You want to make a stable process, but still you want a minimum performance. And if you 
guarantee a minimum performance under all circumstances, you have a robust process. So in robust control, you have a process, you make a model of the process, and you consider one controller for all possible process variations, and you try to make the degradation in performance the least for the largest variation. So the worst situation is optimized, and the robust controller gives the best performance for the worst case, you could say. Well, if we know what the reason is of the process variations, and we can measure these variations, we know how the process varies during these external disturbances, we can apply automatic gain scheduling. Basically, the idea is as follows. We have an external variable which changes the process. We measure this variable and do some computations or look at a table and adjust the controller accordingly. Examples of such systems are varying speed of a ship or an airplane, which require different autopilot settings. Different operating conditions of a chemical plant are another example where you could apply gain scheduling. The idea of mode switching is more or less similar, but in that case we only consider uh, a limited number of variations and we make controllers for each situation. And by means of a selection me mechanism steered by the external variable which influences the process as well, we adjust the we select the most appropriate controller or even a mix of controllers to control the process. Another realization of that is that we have a bank of models and we compare all these models with the process behavior, so the process is now here, and we have this bank of models. The models have the same inputs as the process, and we compare all the model outputs with the process output, and we select the best fitting model or best fitting combination of models, and based on that, once we know which model is correct, we can select the corresponding controller and install the corresponding controller to control the process. These mode switching approaches are considered to be more safe in critical situations than adaptive control. So now we go to real adaptive and learning control and we consider the basic things. And instead of starting with deriving equations in this lecture, we will think about what would be a reasonable solution and how we could design an adaptive controller without studying a lot of literature beforehand. So what we do, we observe the behavior of the controlled process. So the process in normal operation is a feedback controller and we collect this information, which means we collect knowledge about the process and eventually also about the disturbances. Based on this knowledge, we can redesign the controller and try to maintain an optimal process behavior. The main thing is that now we adjust the controller online. This is not an offline identification. Everything happens real-time and online.
Well, we have different structures. The basic, most simple structure you could imagine is by doing observations on the process. Well, in other words, you could say we do an identification of the process and we use the results of the identification for the controller design and online implement the controller which has just been design, designed and that gives us an adaptive system based on identification. Another approach is that instead of system identification we use direct adaptation. That means we measure the input and the output of the process or eventually of the complete control system and based on the observed behavior we have an algorithm which is able to directly adjust the controller without identifying an explicit system model. And the idea of this type of systems, often related to model reference adaptive systems, is that the parameters of the controller are adjusted such that an error between the process output and the desired process output is minimized. In the examples mentioned here, we talk about parameter adaptation, we adjust the controller parameters. We could also just generate an extra control signal and then we talk about signal adaptation. But it can be argued that at least signal adaptation is nothing else than adding a kind of nonlinear control structure. Although that even could be said for parameter adaptation as well, as we will see later. So a comprehensive definition of adaptive control is an adaptive controller is a controller where explicit measures are taken such that in addition to a basic feedback control system the parameters of the controller are adjusted or extra signals are generated in order to maintain an optimum system performance even when the behavior of the system changes considerably. There is also a definition of adaptive control which says that an adaptive control system is a control system which has been designed from an adaptive control point of view. This sounds rather trivial but still it's useful because the way you consider a system uh, for a high extent determines what kind of solution you come with. Well here it's important that we at least assume that there is a basic feedback control system and that explicit measures are taken which relates to the trivial definition. We look at a system from an adaptive point of view such that the parameters are adjusted or, and, or in addition to that extra signals are generated. And we want to keep an optimum performance and maintain an optimum performance of the system for large changes in the system behavior. For small changes the basic control system should be able to deal with. Another aspect in adaptive control systems, also in learning control systems, is that we add some memory. In this memory we store the information of the uh, we gathered during the identification or adaptation process. And because we add this memory and we store this memory, we do have a kind of learning and we call these systems intelligent control systems. Well, there are various ways to realize this memory. One way is to use integrators. We can use neural networks. 
We can use fuzzy sets, which are quite similar to neural networks in many cases, although in most cases fuzzy sets are not necessarily adaptive. And especially in most control engineering applications, neural networks and fuzzy sets, in fact, are nothing else than a table with a clever type of interpolation. So this is an example of a description of a nonlinear curve by means of fuzzy sets. On the horizontal axis we have the variable, on the vertical axis we have the function value, and by just adding these triangles we get a nonlinear curve which can be the description of a certain process behavior. And as I said, if we just take the peaks of these uh, triangles, we have the values in the table. Important for this, as we will see later as well, with learning control systems, is that such an approach allows mapping of nonlinear relations. Well, there is no clear distinction between adaptive and learning control. Mostly the term learning control is used for the more complex systems where more memory is involved, often neural network type of uh, memory, and also for problems that cannot be solved by means of standard controllers based on transfer functions. So in this course we will first have three lectures on model reference adaptive control systems, called model reference adaptive systems or model reference adaptive control. In these courses, these lectures, we will treat the basic ideas and problems of adaptive control, which we will see back in uh, later adaptive and learning controllers, for instance, with neural networks. And we will discuss direct and indirect model reference adaptive systems. Then we have lectures on self-tuning regulators. And at the end, there are lectures on learning feedforward control. The basic idea of model reference adaptive systems uh, is that we have a reference model which describes the desired behavior of the system. And the first rule we will discuss is a very intuitive adjustment of the system by just adjusting the gain, which leads to the so-called MIT rule called after the first proposal for such a system. Then we will have a look at how we can adjust besides the gain in the forward path, also other parameters like time constants and so on, which require more insight into the adaptive control structure. That raises the question, when should we adapt which parameter? Well, we must adapt the parameter once it, when it is sensitive for variations in the adjustment, so that leads to the sensitivity approach. And, as we will see, there is also a stability problem, and because adaptive control systems are inherently nonlinear, we will need the Lyapunov approach to prove the stability of such system, and the Lyapunov approach as such leads to a design method for adaptive control systems. Well, this is the basic structure of an adaptive control system. Uh, this uh, system consists of a basic feedback control loop and in parallel with this basic feedback control loop we have a reference model. We compare the output of the reference model with the output of the controlled process 
and based on the error, we will want to design an adaptive controller which is able to adjust the controller itself. So we talk about primary control loop, which is the classical feedback control loop, and there is also a secondary control loop, the adaptive control loop. The primary control loop is designed for fast reactions on process variations and disturbances, and also the adaptive control loop is much slower. It's designed for changing parameter variations and we assume that the parameter variations in the process are slow compared to uh, disturbance variations. And also the adaptive control loop is slower, so this loop is not designed for reacting on quick variations that should still be handled by the primary control loop probably in a less optimum way for a certain period of time but after adjustment of the controllers the whole system will behave optimal again. Well, we can see the same difference between control and adaptation in the human body. If we look at the human eye, the iris opening of the eye is controlled while the sensitivity is adapted, called darkness adaptation. In that case also other sensors are used. In darkness we use the non-color sensitive rods instead of the color sensitive cones. So in darkness we only see black and white, but the rods are much more sensitive than the cones, so we are able to see in darkness as well. But it requires some time to adapt to this new sensitivity. Instead of adjusting the parameters of a controller, we can also generate an additional signal, but as I said, we can also see this as a nonlinear control system with a kind of feedforward in it. On the other hand, we will also see that sometimes we will have combinations of parameter adaptive and signal adaptive control. Again, we have two control loops, but because such a signal adaptive controller probably will have less memory or no memory at all, uh, also this secondary control loop must be fast then, but given the fact that it can be a nonlinear controller, it's still designed for large parameter variations, while the primary control loop should deal with uh, smaller parameter variations and disturbance rejection. Throughout this lecture we will use a running example and in this running example we consider a system where we have a process with second order process we see from two integrators. We have a time constant here and we also have a gain which is variable and the variable gain can be compensated by another variable gain and the same with the time constant which can be compensated by another gain and here is the adaptive control system which we have to design. And part of this adaptive control system is also the reference model which gives a de desired uh, response. So if we look at uh, the following equations we can say that this is the process. The, the process plus controller is described by this formula and here we have the reference model and 
as we, if we select uh, the parameters as given here, there is only a difference between the the gain and the BP, which is chosen incorrect here. So we must adjust KB in order to give both uh, transfer functions the same behavior. In the first example, only KB requires adjustment. Okay, here we have the process and the reference model. So this is our process, this is the reference model, and we determine the error between the two. And in case these parts are similar, only the parameter BP is variable. So what can be expected if BP is just half the value it should have? That here we see the, the reference model output, in blue the process output, and because BP is just half the value it should have, the error, the error is equal to uh, the process output in this case. Well, what we could do in order to adjust KB is to use the error signal, which is an indication for the too low value of uh, KB, as we just saw, and use this error and uh, in order to take care that for the next step the uh, value of KB is the right value, we add an integrator which provides us with the memory. So we realize the uh, variable parameter KB by using the error signal, multiplying that with a so-called adaptive gain, then integrate it, and when we multiply the output of the integrator with the uh, input signal of uh, the block KB, then the output signal is KB times the input. And the formula for KB is the initial value of KB, which we select 0, plus the uh, adaptive gain times the integral of the error dt. If we do so, as indicated here, and the situation here is a little bit more realistic, so we assume that we have the feedback uh, over the process, and still we adjust the, uh, the process parameters directly. This is not very realistic, but that keeps the system simple. If we do so, we get the following situation, and we can simulate that with the program 20sim. We will do that now. Okay, here is our model. Same as we just saw, and when we go inside KB, we can indeed see that we realized what we just had before. There is some extra line here which uh, is not important at this moment. And when we simulate the system, we see here how the system adjusts, and here we see the parameter KB as it is adjusted by the controller, and we see that the final value here is 0.5, as could be expected. And here we see the different responses, the process, the reference model, and the error, and when we show them on top of each other, we clearly see that after a few steps, 
well, the parameter still not has the right value, but even the second response is already almost correct. And certainly the third one, the error is very small, so we hardly see any difference between process and reference model anymore, which gives a very quick adaptation. So the problem seems to be solved, but this is certainly not true, so we go on with our presentation. Okay. Because what happens when we invert the sign of the block wave at the input signal? In this case we had a positive error, the parameter BP was too small, so by integrating this positive error, KB would grow and BP would be compensated by the proper value of KB. However, when the input signal has another sign, then the error will be negative and KB will decrease. So that is certainly not the idea. So what we should do is take appropriate measures to take into account the sign of the input signal. And one of the ways of doing that is to uh, multiply the error with the input signal always the sign of the input signal, but in this case the input signal itself would be appropriate. So instead of using just E, we use now E times U. And that was the line we just saw. And in case of a negative input, or in a both positive and negative input, this works well. And this rule to compensate for the gain is known as the MIT rule. Well, when we do so, we have here an input which has positive, a reference which has positive and negative values, and we see again that after one or two steps, the responses of the process and reference model are completely equal to each other. Well, what should we do when we have other parameters? First of all, we have noticed that the sign should be okay, so if we have a wrong sign, we adapt into the wrong direction. In addition, if we have more than one parameter, we cannot uh, adjust the parameters in the same way at the same time. So we can still use the error, but we must use this error only when adapting the parameter indeed has a positive influence on the error. So in this case, we decided already that in order to adjust KB, we need to multiply E with the input signal U. Well, with a similar reasoning, we could argue that if we want to adjust AP, that, well, at least adjusting AP has no sense in the case that uh, the signal XP2 is equal to, uh, to zero. So if XP2 is small, there is little influence of adjusting AP on the value of, of E. So it makes sense to, in this case, to compute E with XP2 in order to get the adjustment signal for AP. So, to summarize, we use the error, but only when adapting the parameter influences the error. So AP influences the output of AP times XP2, so we try 
for adjustment of Ka, the algorithm E times Xp2, and that integrated like we did with Kb. This results in the following block diagram, and we can simulate that again. Okay, we will simulate this. This is the block diagram, and we go to the simulator. And now we have two parameters which we adjust. And we see that Kb is going quite rapidly with some oscillations to the final value. Ka is still a little bit increasing here. It goes to the final value 1.4, which uh, is the correct value. And in this case, we see also that when we continue, the error decreases more and more and the parameters go to a constant and even correct value. So this works, but if we want to adapt faster, for instance we choose the gain for Ka which was minus 2, we make it minus 4, we just double it, and the gain for Kb which was 2, we make 4. Okay. Would it help? Well, we get a more oscillatory response and it can be easily demonstrated if we go a little bit further and make both parameters 10, 10 and minus 10. We can expect that the response will be even more oscillatory or, as we see here, even unstable. So this is not the way to continue. We must think about solutions to come up with proper algorithms for our adaptive laws. So here are once again the adaptive laws we just tested. For small parameter values it's quite okay, but for larger parameter values we have a stability problem, as indicated here. So there are two problems. Problem one is when we want to adjust more than one parameter, in addition to E, we need a kind of dynamic gain which determines which parameters should be adapted at which moment. That leads to the sensitivity model approach and this approach is recognizable also in the algorithms for neural networks. And when we increase the gains we have a stability problem and because the system is a nonlinear system due to the multiplications we need a nonlinear stability analysis for instance, the method of Lyapunov or variations of that. And the nonlinearities can be shown easily. So, in the case of the example considered so far, we had several multiplications in this system which lead to a nonlinear control behavior requiring nonlinear methods to analyze the stability. So, this ends part one of lecture one, and we will continue with part two and consider the sensitivity aspect.